Supply Chain 22 right here. I'm Dooner, and that's the dude. And uh, Welcome to Supply Chain. Brother, I like your sign. You like it, man? I like your sign, yeah. You want to help me call the hoss? Dude, David and uh, and Matt Waller, they're here from, from oh, uh, yeah, University yeah. of Arkansas. Yeah. They gave that to me. Absolutely. We just did Shipper's Choice on the stage. Now, those people in that room, they got the opportunity to call the hogs. They did an okay job, but I think all of you can beat them. Oh, You're I all better so. looking. You guys, all look me. stronger. You all look healthier, and you all look less hungover. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start you off, all right? You know how to call the hogs? On, you know how to call the hogs? Do you know how to call the hogs, Grace? Okay, she does. All right. <laughs> Pig Suey! That's right. Number one. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. We can do better, though. We can do better. One so? more. One you gotta more. You got to get one that more. initial. Woo! Yeah, right? we do. Okay. You guys, you guys initial, with it now? Woo! Now you're warmed up? All right. Woo! Woo! There we go. Little cowbell for all of you. Now, a little order of business. A little order of business. Now that we got to oh, yeah. meet everybody, we've thrown some competitions over here. Ingrid Brown, she set up a wheelbarrow race to, to define all wheelbarrow races in logistics. It was yeah. Emerge. It was JB Hunt 360. And it was Uber Freight. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. They it wasn't. Were, they were it was Convoy. Late. They were a little late. It was Convoy. <laughs> and these gentlemen right here, come on stage. There you two are. gentlemen right here. You won. Congratulations. Across that carpet that's had over 1,600 pairs of feet walk across it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Gentlemen, the, introduce yourself. With the hand sanitizer? Ron Sweeney, VP of Sales. Tim Ferguson, Senior Director of Sales. Now, how did you guys get so good at wheelbarrow racing? Well, I mean, when it comes to transportation, yeah. so yeah. we got a lot of practice, a lot of expertise, and so it's usually Monday afternoons in backyards. This is the type of stuff we do. It's bago. It's, uh, it's wheelbarrow race. <laughs> now, when you watch back the tape on this, you're going to see that what really won it for you guys wasn't even speed. It was technique. You stayed in form. Everybody else collapsed. They fell apart. And it's like when you're delivering a shipment, you can start out great. Your middle mile can be great. But if you don't touch the dock, who cares? <laughs> You've got to deliver. You've got to deliver. Really You've got to deliver. You got to deliver. Now, what do you guys hope to get out of this event before we let you go? Man, just relationship. It's been yeah. good to actually see all the people that we work with from customers, partners, carriers. So we love you guys. And that's what we wanted to get out was more relationship. Wow. And we love you stuff. guys too. Yeah. What kind the of swag you have on the booth? By the way, we're about to declare today's winner. Yesterday, Redwood won. Yeah. I haven't seen your swag today. You might have something better. The wheelbarrow was pretty good. But for me, there's a gentleman out there named Sean Jones. Where is he? There Sean he is. Jones. Where are you? Sean, come over here real quick. Real quick. Let's Sean step up too. We're going to give away some prizes because today's... Uh, yeah. Today's a good day. Oh, For this, please. I'm a huge please. Lego head. Anybody who follows me or my kids on social media knows that. You have this uh, Quick Loads Lego set. Go over to his desk. Where's your booth? Uh, K18. All right, K18. Good right. stuff, Sean. And you're doing, a, you're doing a live demo in a little bit, live right? Live demo. First time in the world a sea shipping container is going to get moved remotely from 900 miles away while I'm standing on stage. Wow. So yeah. Amazing stuff. I can't stuff. wait to see that one. That was going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah we're really counting on uh, Emerge and your Wi-Fi. <laughs> 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 Vincent, 
Oh, I have uh, what, what, load your socks. Thanks, Sean. Uh, these Thank socks you. are going to be awesome, and these uh, these are going to look good with my Crocs and shorts as I cut my lawn. Okay, right? so I've noticed something here, and I don't know if you have. Have you been watching the speakers on stage? It seems like a lot of men this year are trying to flex with their socks. They're trying to get their socks, they so are. looks like you're about to join that club, Michael. Uh, well, you know, I mean, that's how we do it in Tennessee, right? Crocs, shorts, socks, cut the now, grass. this gentleman, I saw him at the party last night. He's our first guest. He was cutting the floor apart. He's from Skybits. He's their VP of PLM. I'm not even sure what that means. And business development. Come on up here, sir. <laughs> I just stand and guys that. Mr. Skybits. What's up, dude? There we go. There you are, my friend. Thank you, sir. Right on. So tell us your name. Tell, I wasn't daring enough to give it a shot. Uh, my name is Siamak Osmude, yeah. and I'm VP of PLM, Product Line Management. I love it. Product <laughs> Line <laughs> Management. Now you know a new name. Now, like you, were, you were making friends all over the party last night. Did you well, enjoy yourself? Right. Well, we, yeah, at Skybase, we go for everything. So you do like, go for everything. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, if they haven't been to your booth yet, what's like the 30-second elevator on Skybits? Second, one way. What's oh, like your uh, elevator Sky, pitch on Skybits? Um, Skybits, is, we've been in the business for 22 years. We uh, provide trailer and container telematics. We help our customers basically improve uh, utilization of their assets and, and uh, get much more productivity out of their assets, which is really key today. Yeah, it's been very key for the last couple of years. Yeah. It's been key forever, but really highlighted, right? And with the capacity shortage, manufacturing backlogs and that type of stuff. So how does, how does that look right now? Uh, well, actually, you know, with pandemic, things got a, a lot more drastic, right? So, so demand went up. Capacity was harder to get with supply, supply chain issues. People were having a hard time getting trailers. So really emphasize more on how productive can you run your fleet. Right, so it's a put put a lot more emphasis on getting your trailer assets, your container assets to to fully utilize them. Make sure that you turn them around faster. You every time you turn trailers around faster, you improve your capacity, right? So and and it makes it a lot more efficient rather than having to spend more and more capital to add more more uh, trailers. And and with the supply chain issues, you know that became harder and harder, right? So it really has improved the demand for that level of technology mm -hmm. to drive that automation, to drive more uh, productivity out of your assets. So what is a smart trailer? How does that work? What's the platform? Well, the smart trailer is, is a, a lot of times when you, when you look at trailers and, and a lot of our operations are drop and hook, right? So, so we drop a trailer someplace, we have no visibility to what's going on with that trailer. And, and we talked about driver frustration. You know, we all depend on drivers here. You know, whether you're a supplier, a shipper, a, a carrier. And what we want to do is maximize that driver's productivity, right? So when we dispatch a driver to a truck or to a trailer, we want to make sure that that trailer is roadworthy. We want to make sure that it's available. It is where we say it is, that it, isn't ha it doesn't have freight in it where the driver gets there. And now he's got to look for alternative trailers. And, you know, all those really add up to really bad productivity, right? So, so the smart trailer is really an initiative to, to drive that level of automation and predictability, right? So you know what's going on. You're confident. You trust that the decision you're making is a good decision. Yeah, absolutely. You know, back in the day when I'd visit our terminals or my terminals, I would I would check the tire depth with a hit with a with right. a dime, right? right. The header. <laughs> and then I'd leave one on the on the tire to see if it moved, to see if they were using exactly. their analytics. That was my data to find out if we had the right yeah. equipment. That I mean, was that's there. not very scalable. <laughs> it's not very scalable. <laughs> but what is the best way to use that data? What's the most productive way to do it? Actually, yeah, great question. It, it, you know, we generate a lot of data. And, and the, the best way to, you know, if you don't change your SOPs, if you don't automate the way you, you utilize that data, 
uh, it, it's really not going to be that productive for you, right? So, so really the key is integrating into the systems that you use every day, putting the information in front of the people that need it the most and, and at the right time, right? You know, a lot of times our productivity really depends on the decisions everyone makes during the day. If you think about your dispatchers, planners, drivers, everybody's making decisions the whole day, every day. And, and all of those add up to really how well and how efficient your fleet is. So, what we're talking about here is customer success, right? Exactly. Making your customers successful. If we're not doing that, it doesn't matter how long you stand at the booth. Eventually, people are going to realize you're not making the money. You're not returning right. on investment. So, let me ask you something. It's a great way to address everyone here. What does customer success mean to you? Great question. So, really, our customer success to us is, a, is profitability. We want to help them drive profitability. We want them to be successful. We want them to be able to grow either organically or through acquisitions, but we want to be part of their growth. We want to be part of their, uh, their everyday life. And, and really for us, customer success means profitability of our clients. And, you know, that's rewarding for us because it allows us to grow and, and, and be uh, with them for a long term. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the utilization of the capacity in, in, is very important. And it improves the amount of capacity. More turns right. equals more capacity, right? Exactly. Makes perfect sense. Drivers as well has been difficult to get drivers. How does this help those the carriers retain those drivers? That's the best way to recruit well, drivers. Keep the ones you got, right? Exactly. I mean, honestly, you know, we, as I mentioned, we all depend on drivers. And it's very easy as a driver to get frustrated, okay? Yeah. If, you, if you are, yeah, and it's not an easy job. We all know that. When you drive out and, and you're given an assignment to go get a trailer and only to get there and find out that that trailer isn't there or is still you know, loaded, now you, you're wasting time. I mean, with all the new uh, you know, hours of service, it's really yeah. limiting the, the um, wastefulness. There's just no time to waste. You, you have to really maximize your, your driver productivity. So really technology really is getting to a point where we can predict things, we can stay ahead of it, and we can really help that driver become more efficient. And that's really all we want is a happy driver. Right? Yeah. You know, I was going to say that you are the best dancer at Skybits, but then I just realized that this gentleman who I flew on the flight was there, and I saw him last night, and he was moving pretty well, too. Of course. <laughs> we, we have a great team at Skybits. Maybe so that's our next team. competition. So people who want to meet your team, what booth do we send them to? Where do they need to go? Exactly. So, so where, where do they go? Where's your, where's your booth at? Our booth is all the way at the end, okay. to the K13? right. Yes. It's K13. Go meet the lovely yeah, team exactly. at K13 yes. and skybiz.com. Is that the website? That's exactly right. That's how you can reach us, and we're right, going to be right there waiting for you. Hey, it took us all going to Arkansas to meet, but I'm glad we did. Yes. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> it's, easy. it's good to meet Have you. Good show. Thank you. Good to meet you. We got next. We got a gentleman named Jason Traff here, president and co-founder at Shipwell. Where is he? That, there he you know is. Jason? Hey, Michael. Hey, Jason. Good to see you guys. Oh. You're dressed really cool right now. Oh. I wish I was dressed. You were like dressed like you're, you're, you could like relax by the like, pool. I could say the same for you. Yeah. I know. Man. But you yeah. look, you're like just, <laughs> a little bit more down. Ready for some yacht. Where do you guys come out here from? Where's uh, where's Shipwell based? So we are remote forward. So we are home home headquartered in Austin, Texas. But at this point, we are in 40 different states across the U.S. Wow. So Austin for those who don't know, yeah. they haven't been by your booth yet. What do you guys do? So Shipwell is a connected TMS. We are the youngest shipper TMS in Gartner's Magic Quadrant by nearly 20 years. Um, and what we do is make shippers really, really good at uh, running their supply chain. So how? Do, so let's talk about connectivity in the, in the data and how that works, right? So what are, what are the major roadblocks there and how do you guys solve it? 
Oh man, so many issues with connectivity, right? It's almost like we're living through a global pandemic yeah. with real world challenges, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> almost. So, I mean, and my uh, stock yeah. portfolio bleeding to death. <laughs> I, I'm afraid yeah, to open. Yeah, yeah don't yeah. look at that right now. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we face all the issues with connectivity, right? I think we face issues around real world challenges and just what that means where you know ships get stuck in canals and trucks break down and all those issues, as well as the, the connectivity and data silos. So I think one of the fundamental issues that Shipwell was built to address was that everyone has their own version of truth. Uh, the problem is, is that when you have so many versions of truth, like what is that, you know, how, how, how can you learn how to run a real-time, flexible, connected supply chain? And so what we try to do is just be very easy to work with uh, and connect broadly into both carriers uh, as well as uh, IT systems. So, well, I got to ask you something here. So you mentioned something. You mentioned being one of the newest TMSs, right, in the quadrant or the newest one. What kind of advantage do you think that gives you over a legacy TMS that's been doing this for 20, 10 years? Yeah, you know, I think there's there's a set of trade-offs, right? One, we haven't gotten to go to cool conferences like this for 20 years. Yes. So that's missing out. But the other side of it is that because we built our technology in the last decade, you know, we are the only one that is uh, multi-tenanted in the cloud native microservices, and we deploy pushes to production every two weeks. So we're not in this world of annual updates and that sort of thing. We end up being able to help customers in a much more real-time basis. So you need to have that connectivity and that visibility, right? And, and one of the big things is the siloed data that is out there, right? But we've got that workforce now that you've got to get. People are looking at this. They want to get into this type of stuff. They're trying to get the technology. They understand they've got to get ahead. How do they de-silo yeah. their data? No, and I think that's right. There was uh, an inter-system survey, and over 80% of respondents said that the supply chain that they run has gotten harder to manage over the course of the pandemic. The number one reason for that from over half the respondents was that a lack of flexibility. And so when we look at things around, you know, Shipwell and how it's designed, we found that it really has to fit into our users' uh, everyday lives. And what we found is 75% of our users aren't in front of their computer all the time. They're either in the warehouse, they're out at their kids' ball game. And so we built and released the first shipper uh, TMS native mobile app uh, here in the last few weeks. You know what I think is pretty amazing about what you're saying, too, is... I remember when remote work was coming about, people like there's some companies in logistics who were like, oh my God, like how are we going to do this? Like your number one partner, truck drivers, people, your number one partner, where do they work? Where do remote, they work? Remote, they remotely. Work remote, they're on the road. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, it's industry built around yeah. people being in motion and being remote. But what are some of the challenges you have found mm. with transitioning into a mobile world or getting people to understand your perspective on this? Yeah, I mean... We never were planning to be a fully remote workforce. Yeah. You know, I think that was something that was thrust upon us and we rose to the challenge. And since then, you know, Shipwell's continued to grow and hold all of our core KPIs solid. I think the hardest part is just how do you end up um, staying connected to people, right? Mm -hmm. In a world where you can't see them and touch them in the same way. Sure. Um, and I think that's a challenge everyone's working through. But I think for us, what we found is that we can thrive no matter what. And, yeah. you know, being a newer company, everyone had laptops. Everyone was able to go home. They could all stay connected to the... Uh, their, their TMS and run their business in the same way that, you know, carriers do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, everybody's looking for this technology that I talked about before. What are the key features that people should be looking for in, mm. in their technologies? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the real thing is, philosophically, a, your TMS software needs to work for you, like, right? You run a business and you need to focus on how you run that business and it has to fit in around your life. So it needs to be flexible, connected, and proactive. One of the real issues is that um, so much of the software in this industry, it's not real time. And I think what we all know from working in supply chains is that your ability to be proactive, your ability to uh, respond ahead of an actual problem, that's game-changing, both for you and for your customers. Yeah, what, timing is everything, right? 
So when you look at the market right now, is this a, a great time to be a mobile-only TMS, remote work-oriented TMS, or is it a tough time to do it? I think it's fantastic for us. I mean, we've seen this with our traction with users. So Shipwell, just as a native modern web app, you know, it's easy for customers to get set up and installed much faster than legacy TMSs, as well as our ability to have things like, you know, we've always been on your mobile phone through a responsive web app, but now, you know, there are things we can surface like our Compass dashboard, which, you know, we take over 100 million rows of location data a day. That is now available on our native mobile app, which, you know, is 4.7 stars off nearly 2,000 reviews. And what you can do is you can be away from your desk and start to understand what shipments are going well and which shipments are going poorly so that you can be more proactive on them. Yeah, you know, uh, data is data, and too much data is no good if you're not going to use it, right? I mean, if you're not going to use the data, what's the uh, point of getting it? So you're building this tech, and if it, what's the dangers or what should people be looking for as far as the flexibility of it? Because they don't want to buy something that they're overbuying for their business, right. but they don't want to buy something that locks them into today and can flex up. So what are those things they need to be looking for? No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think flexibility has always been key for us. And as sort of the no newest player on the block, metaphorically, what we've shown is that we can not only build, but develop and implement software extraordinarily quickly. Yeah. And so not only do we stand up at a fraction of the time of a legacy TMS, but the fact that we've you know, made the Gartner Magic Quadrant as the youngest company by nearly 20 years, and then also moved up and to the right in that quadrant, I think really shows uh, our ability to you know, oh, develop and scale oh, with business. Okay, you're, you're bragging. Fighting. Let me humble you a little bit, you're though. How many wheelbarrow races have you won? Yeah, the that's not only love those guys. You see those forearms? No, man. Not, yeah. not as many the as those guys. was pulling. He was pulling that oh, guy. Oh, man. Hey, people who want to meet you, they want to go, they want to go check out the booth, they want to go check out your website. Where do we send them? Shipwell.com. Ship beautiful stuff. Thank oh, you for coming on the show. So we appreciate much, it. Guys. Now, this talks? gentleman right here, I gotta bring him up. He's from the University of Arkansas. I gotta give him his sign back. He was so gracious to let uh -oh. us bring it on stage. Right as he has a mouthful of pretzels, we have to bring him <laughs> up here just to return it to him and say thank you to the home team. Let me get it. It's right behind you. Is this the original sign, too? Is this the one that if you're on LinkedIn or you look around, you yes, see everybody on Earth holding this thing? So, uh, you know, this, I have to be completely transparent and honest, right? You talked about the importance of trust earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, this is not the original oh. sign, right? So, so this is blown up. It's gotten so big, you know, Dooner, that um, we've had to make a few, uh, few extra to kind of make its way around the country. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but we're really excited about it. Thanks so much for your support. Uh, Absolutely. With this and really appreciate it. Well, if that's a replica, can we, can we keep that? I would be honored. Can you oh, sign yeah. this? That Thank would be you, terrific. Sir. No, we'll absolutely. We will put this on our desk Woo. back home in Chattanooga. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. We appreciate your time. By the way, our Thanks Rick Waves TV stage, thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks for your hospitality here in Northwest Arkansas. If you want to learn about supply chain, go over to the University of Arkansas Walton School. Awesome stuff. We've I heard it's students. like one of the best in the country. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. <laughs> Our freight wave, well, I heard it from them, but yeah, I'm sure yeah, other yeah. people have said it too. <laughs> Our Freight Waves TV stage is brought to you by Transcard and MasterCard, bringing together FreightX, like SpaceX. Just like SpaceX? To the moon. Oh, yeah. To the moon. Now, this guy looks like he's from a skateboard company. I've been working his, watching his entire team walking around here. It's Justin Hall from Primo. Come on up here, guy. Why you guys are like the most stylish team walking around here? Where'd you guys they, come they from? They are. I'm just trying to keep up. Good to see you, boys. Good to see you, man. I feel like I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller here. Man, I feel like I'm talking to someone from like Thrasher or something, man. Yeah, right. What's how? Tell us about I, Primo. I should have wore like my ACDC shirt or something. I dig I it. Be yeah. like Cassie Gaines. Transplants, maybe. I'm actually I'm here representing right now. Lean Solutions Group. Are you? Um, and oh. I've got a pretty interesting story from a testimony perspective. 
um, you know, almost speaking on behalf of Robert Cadena or David Bell, the founders, in the sense that, like, I am a, I serve on the board yeah. of Lean. Um, I'm a customer in the sense that I'm part owner of five or six different companies that are using both Lean Staffing and Lean Tech. And then now, most recently, from a Primo perspective, we're strategic partners. So earlier, I was talking about the need for brokers, carriers, forwarders, shippers to have bespoke teams built. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I'll put account management on it, but if I've got to build a, a really large team, I rely on Lean to do that. So I had a, an India-based freight forwarder. They got cyber attacked. You wouldn't believe this. Their, their whole financial system shut down. They were on SAP. And they called us and they said, we need people. We need them fast. I call Robert Cadena. We have 60 people ready within two weeks. Wow. You can't make that up. And so, and that's been going on for effectively the last 10 months. So that's, that's an example of the power of the partnership. So I'm a huge fan, naturally, is a board member um, and can speak on behalf of the company from that perspective. But I also have the unique perspective of, of being a customer by way of a number of the companies I've been able to invest in on the venture side of the house. And then certainly now as a strategic well, 3PL dude, partner. This is, yeah. this is completely awesome. true because you even use lean to replace Robert, who is supposed to be on this show. So <laughs> exactly. you are living proof of using your own service. Can I ask real quick though, what is Primo? Why you guys like, you look like a street team and I think it's awesome. Who came up with the marketing? Um, I teamed up with a guy back in Minneapolis. That's where I'm from. The founder is actually uh, uh, from Medellin. He's both a Colombian-American, a lot like Robert. They actually grew up together. They've known each other for 15 years. So Andres Lapera, the founder, had called the company LFS. They were based out of Miami. We become great trusted friends. I dare say, dare I say brothers or primos. Um, and when he asked me to come run his company, and I had thought about coming back into the business as an operator, not just an investor, and I fell in love with his team. I fell in love with Columbia. I fell in love with the whole vibe down there. And I got an exposure to it by way of my board duties with, with Lean. And then I meet, you know, this LFS team, which we've now rebranded to Primo. And I'll tell you, like, I'll double down on this. You know, if you look at, you know, I'm Gen X and moved down to Gen Y, moved into Gen Z. And it's like employing young labor in the U.S. is getting harder and harder. And I know oh, yeah. that's sort of part of the topic here, but... This is a real thing. I mean, you move all the way down to Gen Z right now, and they want to they wanna operate like a gig worker. They want to choose when they punch in or punch out. Yeah. Um, you look back to when I grew up, my parents were 3Mers. I had like little 3M T-shirts and, and you know, trucker hats, and I had, they had coffee cups. You know, the American worker 30, 40 years ago had great pride in their employer, right? They had great pride in their brand. And I feel like that's eroded over time. It's not all the employees fault. I think employers have done some things to make some mistakes to sort of pull the soul out of businesses. Yeah. So it's harder for the employee to like want to be loyal and really dive in and, you know, being a disciple of the brand, if you will. You go down to Columbia right now and some other Latin American countries, and it's like going back in time, right? I mean, they're genuinely thankful and have gratitude for their job, for the brand that they represent. They're, they're so excited to brag to their family and friends that they work for a U.S.-based organization. And so those are things that I was just like, wow, like I want to be a part of that. You know, you, you bring up a really interesting point about young people and the workforce. And I'm, I'm thinking about the past two, three years. And like, if I just came out of college and I was making a ton of money on like shit coins and meme coins, right? I might not really like develop that work ethic. And I might have a different sense of self going into the workforce. But now that we're moving in a different economy, I don't know. I think we might see in some people who are like, uh, yeah, my diamond hands now got me back, uh, back to the labor force. But in the meantime, those who need them, that's what Lean does, right? You make sure people have the staff they need. At this event today, what kind of message are you trying to get out to everybody? Well, I would just say this. Um, 
you don't go in a matter of two years from 1,500 employees to 7,000 if you're not doing something right. And that's whether that's sales augmentation, operations augmentation, tech staffing on into sales and then some. And so, you know, the proof's in the pudding. You're not going to grow that, that fast and certainly that much organically with your existing customers if you're not doing a great job and supplying them with rock stars, right? So I think that's a testimony I think everyone needs to hear. Why, you know, I think in many cases today, there's a number of constituents or stakeholders in this, uh, what I'll call logistics ecosystem that are trying to debate whether to fully in-source or whether to outsource and should I have freelancers and should I have nearshore, should I have offshore? And I really think that that's not the question anymore. You need to have a ton of diversity in how you're staffing, some distributed, some centralized and otherwise. The bigger question is, how can I delegate and elevate? And mm -hmm. I just talked about this with Anthony earlier. Today's worker is looking for purpose. Yeah. They wanna be challenged. They wanna do knowledge work that's gonna allow them to continue to interact with others, whether it's on their team or with customers or vendors, where they're solving problems and they're being challenged. It doesn't help that they all wanna be CEO in six months, but the point is, is as you think about, well, how do I help my onshore workers elevate the work they're doing? Well, you got to take some things off their plate. And this notion that, and it's really been around, for, if you think about robotic process automation and this, this idea that we're going to automate all this work, it's super hard to do in logistics and transportation yeah. in, in, in many industries, but certainly in this one. And so because in many cases that full automation of task management's not happened, it's not come to fruition, you've got to have that option to, to be able to nearshore. The beauty of Latin America and Colombia specifically, and now we're in Guatemala, central time zone, bilingual, and all those other things I told you around just the passion for the work, then it's, you know, we still want to have a, a uh, sort of a, a track for them to grow and, and, and advance in their roles. And we think very, you know, uh, thoughtfully about that. That's why we have a 95% retention ratio, right? It's all by design. But that said, every time there is some very sort of functional discipline work that gets put on our plates, like track and trace, like POD retrieval, like even some of the carrier investigation and sourcing work that needs to be done. That's freeing up time for people at many organizations that are on that floor today to do better work, nice. right? To do more strategic work, to have that time to call their, their shipper and say, listen, let's just not worry about what my rate per mile is right now. Let's worry about how I mode shift, how I consolidate, how I come up with that, other ideas that are going to help you uh, really answer the call for your customers. So, Yeah, concentrating on that relationship and problem solving and looking into the future forecasting, right? Bringing that through. But the, the quality of, of the work that is there and the type of work that is being outsourced, what is that level of work like? Well, I will tell you, it's, it's, it's advanced. You know, Lean's been around probably, I, I think I'm going to screw this up, let's say five, six, seven years, right? Ten years, wow, it's fantastic. Well, I will tell you that, you know, I'd say in probably the last, Two years where companies, because of the pandemic, have been forced to deal with this remote workforce. Yeah. They're feeling a little bit more bold and ambitious about saying, hey, there's, you know, it doesn't all have to be entry level work because those entry level workers, these are college educated smart whippersnappers. Over time, they have the capacity to do more and more if you're willing to train and invest the time in teaching them what is that next role. And so the beauty of the model of lean versus, and I've worked with other BPOs all around the world where it's more of a lift and shift and they write you an SOW and they go start doing the work. In this world, we're building you a team and this is just a branch office for you. Your job is to, to, to dive in and lean into those individuals and help those young workers become smarter, more confident, more capable in your technologies, more aware of your customer demands, more aware of your carrier demands and the way you wanna engage them. And as they win you over and you realize, wow, 
I, now they're, they're one year into the business, two years into the business, I'm going to give them more. The more you can give them, the more your team locally can continue to advance the work they're doing. So that concept, what I was trying to get to is people need to look at that as an, as an outsourced, as an office. It's their office. It's not lean solutions down there that has these people that have all these different uh, skills and they're doing it for 15 different companies. Yep. These are your people that are there and learning your business. 100% dedicated. And, and the beauty is, is their preferences and our preferences, they should be wearing your swag. They should have your hats, yeah. your shirts. Yeah. The wall should be clad in your logos. And, and so, yeah, you know, if you take a picture of right many, on. and this is the case, you look at a lot of the teams down in, in Colombia right now, whether it's in Bonaki yeah. or in Bogota or Medellin, you wouldn't even know if that was a Houston office or a Medellin office. Gotcha. And that's the beauty video of the model. Team. Can we get an instant replay of that, that we should have, that we should have shirts and hats? Do, can we get an instant oh, yeah. replay? Oh, yeah. That was we really cool. You guys By the way, can, can, you, can you put a little cowbell fine point on that oh, for yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look like the kind of guy who could make some noise, too. Speaking of swag. Would I be too for would I be too forward in asking if you guys I don't know if you have any swag on you, but if you don't, can you send us some over at Freight Alley? A hundred percent. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I got some, yeah. some I got some beer koozies right. for you too. Oh, you got me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll meet you after the show, brother. All right. Good yep. stuff. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. C4 Charlie Four, if you want to talk to the lean folks. C4, Charlie C4. Four. Take it easy. Cheers. Keep it over there. Keep it over there. Say you can make noise, man. I don't want that. I don't want that. Know what I do want though? What do we want? I want a man who just raised $25 million for his <laughs> yeah, company last become... year. That's who I want. Come on up here, Sam. Let's meet the cargo team. How's it going, dude? Good. Well, with some of that $25 million, we got you some swag. A oh, nice, hey, nice. Thank you. We got extra hats, too. There's three, so I'll give you one. Sweet. I'll take one, and who's ever got a good catch, you're going to get a free hat. Who wants free hat? Who wants hat? The one's that? There it is. Boom. There he goes. There. Oh, got her. Got her. Right in camera frame. Hey, Sam, introduce yourself to us, man. Good seeing you out here in Arkansas. Yeah. I've seen you online before, but I think this is the first time we've, like, shared the same oxygen. Exactly. You know, it is great to be here uh, in Benville, first time. Uh, and so my name is Sam Lurie. I'm the CEO and founder of Cargo. Uh, was at Stanford, started Cargo in 2019, and uh, been building ever since. Beautiful. Beautiful, awesome man. Stuff, Sam. So what are you guys doing at Cargo? You how we, was last night for you? Just yeah. get a, why are you jumping right into business, man? <laughs> I, I, I want to know. Inquiring right. minds want to know. <laughs> How's the event been treating you? The event's been great. Honestly, uh, getting explored downtown Benville, this is the first time I'm here, but I'm hearing that it's really grown over the last five years. Everything is super modern. We had a chance to go to awesome restaurants downtown and then catch the Golden State game. So it's been a pretty good evening. You guys didn't check out the uh, the escape room, did you? On the uh, way unfortunately here? not, no. I think Michael Vince and I may on the way <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we might do on the way that. out. So, hey, those who don't know, give, give us a little elevator pitch on what you all do. Yeah, so uh, Cargo does uh, automated dock management. So we have hardware that goes at the dock and is able to automatically uh, inspect freight as it's coming on and off of the container. And so we eliminate OSND and allow labor to focus on critical problems instead of doing the manual tasks at the dock. Yeah, so we've been going through a lot of cycles. So how does this technology really help with those boom and bust cycles that go through there that we have with this you know, up and down sine waves? Yeah, I think the reality is that uh, the logistics industry goes through boom and bust cycles because the margins are so low. It's just the reality of our industry. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have this kind of mentality where uh, when the going is good, the rates are high, profitability is high, we think that the carousel is never going to stop. And then we just focus on the immediacy and kind of raking in the profits without having that long-term attitude of investing in technology to protect those margins so that when ultimately the music does stop we, and the profits go down, we can still survive in those leaner times uh, for logistics. 
So a lot of technology on display here. You're, you're walking around, things you're seeing that you want to collaborate with, things that make sense, things maybe you're scared of. Yeah, no, I think uh, what we've seen here is a lot of partnership opportunities. The, the data that we create uh, is a fundamental part of Cargo's vision, right? We collect data points at every single loading dock within a particular supply chain. And that could be extremely powerful to a brokerage that wants to optimize which routes to take, right? When you're looking at a particular route, you're not only considering now the distance or the potential ETAs, you got to consider how long that trailer is going to be out of facility because the next ETA is dependent on the previous estimated time of departure. And right now, when a trailer comes to a new facility, it's like coming to the airport and not knowing when your flight's going to take off. Yeah. That's extremely frustrating. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's, it's live adjusting those routes? It can be live adjusting those routes. You know, we've started to talk to some of the modern tech-enabled brokerages here. I think all the focus on visibility has been really great. And I think we can play a major part in injecting a fundamentally new data source uh, into how people evaluate product moving on and off those containers. Now, the best thing about being back in in-person events is we can be at these boots, we can see each other, and it's different than a DM. In a DM, you, you can't see someone's facial reaction sure. like when you say something to them, so you're not really sure, so you just have to infer <laughs> how they may have taken that. And here, you can different. What kind of conversations, though, are you having at your booth? What are people here concerned about? What do they want to know more about? What do you think is, is the, uh, the undercurrent of the room, at least in so far as cargo is concerned? It is so much bigger than I expected. That yeah. is the words that come out of everyone's mouth when they see the tower for the first time. Uh, just because it's 10 feet tall and in a setting like this, in a, um, in a room like this, it seems much bigger. When it's at a loading dock, it fits kind of right in. And so yeah. I, think that is, uh, I think that's just the biggest surprise. And whenever you have hardware, uh, it's always cool to show it, uh, show it off in person. Yeah, no, so and is that, that's part of the business too. It's hardware and software, yeah. right? Interesting. So how do you manage it? Because there's some companies here who have just software, some have that. So tell me a little bit about that process. And does that complicate things having to make both the software and the hardware? Or does that just make it easier because you're doing it all holistically? Yeah, you know, I think for us, that is really part of the vision. You need the hardware to sense the environment. Logistics happens in the real world, right? We're moving physical stuff. And if we want to know where it is, you need to be able to have eyes and ears or figurative eyes and ears on it, right? And so we believe that we can be a really important partner for any software platform, whether you're doing payments or uh, distribution or visibility, you need the data that the hardware that we're building and then the associated software that processes that is actually contributing uh, to all of these software platforms on top. You can think of it as kind of, I use the example of Apple products, right? You have, you know, an Apple iPhone, uh, you have associated products like an Apple Watch or AirPods that sit on top of the infrastructure. But then Apple allows everyone who has access to the uh, App Store to build applications on top of it. And that's where really how we see Cargo's infrastructure. We're building the iPhone, we're building the operating system, and then all of these apps can sit on top of the infrastructure that we deployed. Now, the interesting smart thing that Apple did, though, is they kind of built a walled garden. Is that kind of the, the plan here? Well, I think, you know, there's... Whether we are... Uh, the infrastructure that we're building, I think, is extremely scalable and we want to integrate with partners. But it's also, in a way, um, like Apple, from a design perspective, we want to provide the highest level of security um, and data accuracy. And that sometimes has to create a vertical integration into our process. So we do everything from hardware development to infrastructure development to creating just that final API so that everyone can do kind of the, the fun and interesting stuff on top, delivering value to customers. So before we let you go, what is, uh, what's your takeaway from the event? What have you learned from talking to people here and what directions does that set cargo in? Yeah, I think you know, when we talked about even five years ago, uh, people were talking about let's automate everything. Let's take 
the kind of the human knowledge out of the process. And now I think everyone's focusing on how do we make the human plus the technology piece and how do we marry that together uh, so that we can create a more efficient logistics system now instead of trying to get to some holy grail that we may never get to. That's a good point. I've noticed people talking more realistically and they're talking, okay, we've all realized we need to do X or we've all realized limitation of, of, of Z. Yeah. So here are actual real solutions. It's, and it's about, interesting to see the maturity of Freight Tech get there. It's, it's, it's about human enablement, right? It's about how do we make the people that we have that know about how our company does things work better and more efficiently to deliver more value to customers as opposed to doing kind of the nitty gritty repetitive tasks that ultimately we can automate. Well, we hope you're, uh, we hope you see your tower, your 10 foot tower on every yeah. dock in America right. and it makes everything run more efficiently. People want to connect with you. They want to hang out. Where do they go? Uh, it is dock, uh, dock 14. Uh, it is, uh, uh, or the 14th, C4, uh, C4. 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 Sweet C14. Go C4. check them out over there. Go bang that cowboy before yeah, you go. There we go. Make Perfect. some noise. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, there we go. All right. That was, yeah. You're not going to win the award, but we appreciate the effort. All right, Tom Curry. Nice. Now, he's a contender for the cowbell playing uh -oh. champion. Here comes Tom Curry from Kingsgate. He brings the beard with him. He's got the nice Kingsgate hat. On, guys, how we doing? Your mustache, you got like a little a little curl going up on the I side, know, man. Too. I'm, I'm being cautious. Like I could go full curl, yeah, but then it becomes a part of the brand, Are and you, then you can't, you yes. can't stop. You, you can't, can't uncurl. You, if you start twirling, you you by the time you like three years from now, you'll look like uh, <laughs> you look like Doctor Robotnik or something from Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> Sam Elliott or yes. something. You know what I mean? It's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, Big yeah. mustache. So you come to us where from Pittsburgh? No, man. No. I'm from Cincinnati. Yeah, see. What are you, what are you, what are you trying to Hog put Pittsburgh I want to this. talk shade on them because Hog I apples. heard the governor of Arkansas say Pittsburgh, they're going to change their name from the Steelers because Arkansas is now the biggest steel producer. Yeah, but this was probably the first time you've ever heard from the governor of Arkansas. Well, yes. That's yeah, true. I mean, come on. I mean, how many times are you in his circle? Jeez, <laughs> so, Cincinnati throwing shade. The, what, the Bearcats went a little bit far in a college football championship, and now you guys are beating your chest? Hey, man, we went to the Super Bowl. We're big time. Cincinnati's there now. Uh, now it's you arrived. I love Kingsgate. I love the Kingsgate team. I love what, what you guys all do. But for those here who don't know, what do you all do? Yeah, so we are a 3PL based out of Cincinnati. Family-owned, second-generation. Um, we've been around since 1986, so we're not new to this business. Uh, but what we've done over the last four years is we've really expanded in terms of technology. So we've really become innovators in the space. You know, I tell a lot of these amazing vendors out here that while we may not uh, be big enough for them to make a crap ton of money off of me, yeah. we're going to help them learn and understand how we can deploy this for <laughs> shippers all over the nation. So really, really love to be able to work with a lot of these people. Some great technology out there. Excellent stuff. So what's your takeaway so far from the you know, I think um, it's the speed. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's kind of interesting because you take two years out of your life of going around and seeing everybody. Yeah. And you realize that there's some people that have done a really, really nice job of continuing to stay engaged and know what's happening. There's a whole other subset of people that literally have no clue how quickly things have changed in the last two years. I, I, I got to agree with yeah. you. I think, I think psychologically being back out, it's very powerful because for like, two years you kind of feel like you're on an island and i i know me personally i was i felt like things weren't progressing i felt like every day was exactly the same yeah we're doing the same thing over and over again we're not building anything and then the nice thing is then you come out two and a half years later and like all these people have been seeing the company you've building or the show you've been building or the work you've been doing and uh like casey the the health you've gotten into in the in the lawsuit i didn't oh, yeah. recognize casey yeah there's people i don't even recognize casey larkin by the way yeah. shout out to casey larkin yeah healthy oh, over there. he got he got taller somehow too we got Thomas in the house. So what's 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 what? 
So Kingsgate, right? We're looking at the market. Market hasn't been going good. Geopolitically, things haven't been going good. Diesel's going up. What does a company like Kingsgate do to help your partners? Yeah, so the biggest thing that we do is we provide more visibility to the inbound side of the supply chain. So we are we we work with countless. Well, I mean, I guess I would say countless, but you can't count them eventually, right? Um, the amount of Maybe. customers that you work with. I, I mean, someone can, right? Someone Somebody back can. home. So hopefully, someone can. But but ultimately, we we provide visibility in the inbound side. So a lot of this is actually being kept in spreadsheets. So we work with a lot of shippers somewhere between that. $2 million, $10 million spend, or they don't have a budget for technology. And so we can come in and we build custom applications, custom analytics, and we completely embed into their procurement and transportation team. So it allows us to get a deeper understanding all the way down to the SKU level item details about what's actually going on in their supply chain. Beautiful. That's yeah. a great solution because so many people are just, they're scared of the technology. And like hey, you mentioned, when you come in here, they haven't seen what it's gone and it kind of stayed still, yeah. right? So that, that employs them and helps them get into that. Yeah. Why should the next Freight Waves conference be in Cincinnati? <laughs> well, I mean, the next one's in Chattanooga. The next one that we like play. Well, we've got really cities. big hallways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get rid of that going for you. <laughs> you know what? I'm, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, I don't, I don't want it in Cincinnati. Yeah. I want to come see you guys somewhere sunny, somewhere nice. And okay. and if you do, well, hold on. We're going to Chattanooga in November. Yeah, we are, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Chattanooga is just amazing. It's beautiful. And I love November. going there. Yeah. And so if you come to Cincinnati, you kind of, you got to get at the sweet spot, you know, sometime, you know, late May, early June, you yeah. know, it's probably a good time. And I don't think. Because you're either like cold or sweating in, in like humid. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's one way or the other. Yeah. Well, Tom, we want to thank you for coming up here on stage with us. Good seeing you guys. Yeah, got, as got always. a message for uh, for for your mom or your family or anything to, to say to lovely Karen's? Yeah, um, I'm sorry I wasn't home on Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. we all were. We all were. Here. We, I mean, we got to use this to do that, right? Play yourself off with a little cowbell, right, sir. Play it off already. Well, that's good this? too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I got wow. it. I got it, baby. All right. Go He's got the table wide open for you. We have one more gentleman who's going to come up right now. Oh. It is Stu McFarland. Come on, Stu McFarland, oh, CMO right. over at Transforce. Come and join us right here at the table, sir. Hey, guys. Good to see you, sir. What, bring, what, what brings you out to the event? Well, um, let me tell you what Transforce does. We, we've sure. created a two-sided marketplace where we match carriers and drivers in, in a new way. So we're, we're digitizing what has been a, just a mess for a long time, which is carriers trying to get drivers hired, drivers, drivers trying to find the job. And so we're rolling out our technology called TF1, and this has really been the first time publicly that we're talking about it. So what are people like, what's the feedback you're hearing from people? Are they understanding the value proposition? Are you, are you realizing you might have to refine your pitch? Like that's the great thing about yeah. this stuff, right? Because yeah. you're playing with live ammo. Yeah. Um, the response has been fantastic. I mean, part of it is we all know about the problem. I mean, finding drivers is hard. Retaining drivers is hard. So we give the, our pitch and people come up and say, if you can help us find drivers, we want to work with you, right? So, so, so that worked. Um, there is refinement though, right? I've told it a bunch of times when I've been here and just kind of keeping it simple. There's so much technology I want to talk about, all this stuff that we do. But at the end of the day, we help carriers find drivers. We help drivers find jobs. And that's, that's what we do. So what's your biggest takeaway from the conference so far? Um, well, I should tell you, I'm relatively new to the industry. Like, I'm a tech guy that got oh. brought, brought into this industry to kind of bring some of the tech thinking to it. It is awesome. Like, things are moving so fast here. And I would say the, um, the partnership opportunities, like all these people coming together and thinking about how we can integrate systems and work together is just, to me, it's, it's almost mind-blowing. It's great. 
Let me ask you something. So a record number, a lot of like last year, especially spot market, super high, right? So a lot of drivers left mega carriers, left bigger carriers, got their own authority or they went to smaller owner operators. But now the market is flipping. Do you see carriers having, because carriers are going to, those drivers, they're going to want to like the more secure paycheck, the mega carrier, but they're going to have to find all these different drivers, right? Do you think that this is great timing? I think it is great timing. I mean, I mean, for us, we're, um, for our business, we're agnostic if it's a big carrier or small carrier, yeah. right? Because we, we sit, I mean, just to kind of describe what we do, think of us as, uh, as Uber, as matching someone looking for a ride with a driver uh, of a car, right? So we, we match that real time. And, and we don't care if it's a big carrier or a, a smaller carrier, just as long as they have good jobs on the system. We are, I mean, what's interesting about this conference is some of the larger carriers are here, and we've definitely gotten interest from them to help, help them solve this driver shortage issue that we're all facing. Yeah, so they can, the enterprise people could get into this as well. It's not yeah. just the small ones that are there. Yeah. What about on the shipper side, seeing those and utilizing those type of carriers, the smaller carriers versus the large? Mm -hmm. Are you seeing a change in that now that they've kind of been through the pandemic and can trust those smaller because they had to work with them more? Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting question. And I'm not sure I've got a ton of insights on it, but that, yeah. would, be, that would be my instinct, right? It is because of where we are and what we went through with the pandemic that there are these networks of smaller carriers out there that do have the, the trust and the credibility now to, to keep working with. Excellent stuff. What's the weirdest thing you've seen while you've been here? <laughs> the weirdest thing? Um, well, here was the most uncomfortable thing for me. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I'm still sweating from it. So yes. we, we gave live demos out on stage, right? There are these oh. se seven-minute rapid-fire yeah. demos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a little bit of a system issue about 20 seconds into my demo. So oh. I did do a little bit of dancing on stage yesterday. We got through it. I think we got our message across. But that, yeah, was, I, that, that, was not, that wasn't my, my favorite I, moment. I can do, as people who have to do live shows all the time, there have been times yeah. when the computer crashes just as your notes are there. And you're like, great, I got to go off the mic. Yeah. And it's empty. Now, people who want to learn more, where do they go? Um, so people at the show here were um, kiosk number 11 right down the hallway here. You can always go to our website. It's transforce.com. Now Excellent. bang that cowbell for Let's us. Let's do it. All right, Come guys. on. Loudest one. All right. So we have one more surprise uh, gentleman coming up right after you. All right. Oh, and by the way, you got a guy from Cincinnati up before? I did. I'm, I'm from L.A. Okay. <laughs> all right. Super Bowl. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Whoa. Just a one loud crack. What do you think? Beautiful. All right. Pretty good. Good. You yeah. almost snapped it, too. <laughs> Thanks for coming up. Guys. Thank nice you. to see you. Thank now, you. we got to bring one more gentleman up here. He has made sure this stage has run smoothly all day. He runs Freight Waves uh -oh. TV as an executive producer, and his name is Todd. So, Todd, get your butt in this uh -oh. chair and let everyone Come know on, about Todd. the hard work you've been doing, Woo! making sure this stream's been going on. You and you're representing your team. Great guys <laughs> over there like Tanner. <laughs> Frazier, good game. You're staring at me. I like that I can see the team, too. I wish we had, like, a window yeah, we could see them nice. at the office. That would be good, yeah. We had a, a big, huge control room that was live. Yeah, kind of on the other side of the glass, as they say. Yeah. For like radio, yeah. Well, in previous life, Todd here was in Connecticut. He was working for uh, for ESPN. Now Correct. you're over with us. What's your experience? You're, uh, you know, six months, seven, nine months in now. You've been to your first live event. It's incredible, really. I mean, look, it's not sports, right? It's yeah. a completely different industry. So when we're talking reefer, 3PL, everything else, you know, to me, it's balls, strikes, touchdowns, all that, all that other stuff. So it's... Completely different, but I think TV is TV down to its basic roots mm -hmm. um, in terms of visuals and 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 you know showing the audience what what sort of content needs to be out there, right? You know, and so the learning of the of the other content as you as everyone in the office is talking about it, as you guys you know making informative, making it fun, you know, between 
uh, Kevin Hill and Kaylee and everyone else kind of bringing all that info and, and you know, the, the rates, the spot rates, contact, all the other stuff, that'll come with it. And then as kind of as you learn, it'll be how can I incorporate that into more content or something visual where, you know, with a wall or something like that. Well, now, Todd, I'm not sure if you've talked to a lot of people here and people get self-conscious when they come in transportation. They say, I wasn't from this industry. I came from somewhere else. I don't think, people don't think I know what I'm talking about or, or people are going to think I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. But if you go out to these live events, you talk to all these people, they all come from different walks of life. They all come from different walks of life. And it's really cool to see it. And it's really cool to translate. And we just wanted to have you up to just thank you for oh. what you've done for the team. But I'm going to kick you out because this gentleman here, I got a couple of minutes left. I want him to come up and shout out, out his company. He's watched the yeah. whole entire show. I have to do one show. of these? But you have to bang that. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Yes, there you go. There you go. There you go. After three dead fish, you nailed one. It took a freight waves employee to do it. Thank you, sir. Now, come up here, man. Come up here, Guillermo. Guillermo. Come on, man. I am starstruck. Mr. Mouse. <laughs> sir, sit down with us. This was very unexpected, gentlemen. Thank well, you so I much. I saw you sitting there the whole time. We couldn't just let you. We couldn't, and you even got the cargo hat, too. Yes, I did. Thank you. Thank Where are you out here yeah. from? I'm here to see what's going on. Yeah. I've learned so much from so many people that it's amazing. And the stuff that's been happening is incredible. So hopefully my next show We'll be up there on stage, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, what are you going to be doing up on the stage? If you, if you were up on that stage while you were at this event, what would you be yeah. talking about? Wait time. I wait think time. wait times are important and the foundation of everything in supply chain and uh, the difficulties we're having at the terminals. So those are things that I think uh, I want to discuss and bring to light so that we can help the drivers and uh, terminals, uh, trucking companies, actually plan ahead, you know, because L.A., New York, it's all backed up, and uh, yeah, so well, we want to do that. I'll tell you, Triumph Pay and I, we gave away, Melissa from Triumph Pay and myself, we gave away that Shipper of Choice Award about, I don't know, 40 minutes ago. And one of the big components of that, one of the big feedback that all the Shipper of Choice had was those wait times and caring about your carrier and driver partners. Make sure your partners can also make money. As you're yeah. trying to make them save money, you also have to help your partners make money. Correct, correct. So I think working together, and it seems like a lot of people actually want to work together. Before yeah. it was all... Cutthroat, competitive, but now uh, people are friendly. They, they want to get things done and things uh, to people's houses and uh, medical. How challenging do you think this, this year is going to be? Because we already know about the spot rates going down. We already know about the diesel. And we also, like, there's been so much talk about the geopolitical conflict, too, with what's going on in Ukraine. Like, even the guy from PetSmart, this is how interconnected supply chains are. Core ingredient in pet food is sunflower seeds. Ukraine makes a ton of sunflower. And he's like, yeah, and all these pet manufacturers are thinking about how to make it different. I was like, no, I was also surprised that he said they sell more crickets than any other food. They I sell saw 50 that. million crickets. Kind of freaky. Crickets are freaky. <laughs> they're trying to make you eat those out of chips, man. I hear they're high in world protein. order. Yeah, <laughs> it's the insect protein. The yeah. insect protein. Well, what are you off to next? So the events that we're getting almost done wrapping up here, where are you going off to next? Well, I'm going to go back in and then try to learn some more and see how many amazing people have new technology, new uh, data. This this whole thing is all data driven, and yeah. I think this is amazing. Finally, uh, we're getting together and using that information to organize supply chain. So that's a good thing. But Guillermo, you're gonna hit that hit that cowbell before you get off this Woo! stage. There it is. Yeah, there we go. That was Woo! that was a really good one. Thank awesome. you so much. Appreciate it. Anybody out there wants to bang a cowbell? You got five minutes before we're cut off the air. In the meantime, minutes. How about Thomas? 50. Thomas, get over here, Thomas Watson. Bang this cowbell. 
Bendis yeah. Calva, Thomas Watson, one of the, the rookies. He's a year one class member. This is like X-Men, the new class. Still True. trying to establish his character. Trying to be the next Wolverine. Get bought out by Marvel. With a cowbell. I love it. Come on, brother. As loud as you want. As loud? Yeah, all right. Uh, just a few times. All right, Frazier, come on. Put them to shame. How many? Put them to shame. How, how many, uh, what's an appropriate amount here? It's kicking me off? Well, I, <laughs> after that <laughs> performance, we sure are, Thomas. <laughs> it's a first cowbell, you know? <laughs> yeah. you, you, a man hands you a cowbell. you got to beat yourself. Get up here and hit this, man. Oh, Christian's coming up here. We got even more. Look, we got a lie now. We got an entire cowbell line. I did this in steel band in high school. Oh, did you really? Yeah, played cowbell. Oh, my Lord. There you go, man. That's how you play to just bang? Bang the ship. That's a drum roger cowbell, by the way. So what was your takeaway? By the way, Anthony Smith, come up here, Andy, because I got to ask him something. Because Anthony Smith, he does a show called Freightonomics, which is our second most downloaded podcast on Freight Waves. Is it really? Yes. Appreciate but, you all. Well, we have our Freight Cast feed, then there's Water Truck, and then there's Freightonomics. And I think that one thing, since you haven't been out for a while, you haven't realized that Freightonomics, you and Zach, have a lot of followers. I, I had no idea. So, like, me and Zach, like, all we really want to do is just get on rant and have a couple of hot takes. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. we have to get better at social media. We have to get better at getting on LinkedIn. So, that's really dope to know. I know, because you guys don't even promote that much on social no, media. No, no, no. But you, you still get the downloads. And I, you know what I think it is? You what use is the personality. It? You're mm. on Freightways TV. You're saying credible stuff, but you're also putting some personality behind it. That's what, that's what I learned that from you. I learned yeah. that from you, so I have to thank you, because back on the Road Dog radio days, that's where I really was able to kind of hone in on some of that stuff. Because yeah. it's like, you, like you said, in the early start, is of people sometimes don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. And so if you can deliver that content, not put them to sleep, those great words of advice. Because uh, Anthony, hit that bell before we kick you off. Come on, man. This, what is oh, this? Man, what, what is, is with the baby today, one? Rooster, just, come on, man. We got, we got to bring the country boy to close this out. Rooster, here, get up here, man. Justin Woo! and Ingrid got up. Now, the rooster walks. You ever see the Undertaker walk down to wow. uh, a WWE ring? Rooster walks about that speed to the, <laughs> to the table here. Hey, he's, like, help, gate, he's like the dead man. Now, Rooster, James out hey. right here. If you've seen What the Truck on Wednesdays, he's a fixture now. He's on backthetruckup.com. He was a truck driver up until a month ago, a 15-year truck driver. He joined our team to come to events like this, to see the stories of freight and translate them from a truck driver's perspective. As Freight Waves is very top-down, C-suite-facing, BackTheTruckUp.com is Freightways' newest media venture, and it's bottom-up. It's very driver-facing, very broker-facing. He's one of the men who's doing it. He's been looking out all your boots, and he's been seeing what's BS and what's not BS and what's good and what's, what's bad. What do you got to say, Rooster? Been pretty busy going back into trying to – now I'm kind of focusing on the guys on the end of the aisles that are not being looked at. Uh, earlier this morning I had a – well, it was going to be a five-minute talk with Freightex, yeah. the, the new uh, – Payment processing. Oh, you know, I believe they, they brought this yeah. stage to us, by the way. The stage yeah. brought to you by these cats. Yeah. It was, well, it was going to be a five minute interview, turned into a 30 minute interview. Cool. And now I have a uh, two page essay from our editor, Scott Mall, to go through and get ready where I can put it up on the site. Yeah, you're going to have a good feature with uh, Convoy's Dan Lewis today. That'll either that'll probably be out tomorrow, I would imagine, because we're doing that one a little later. But tomorrow? Who do you oh, think you're talking to, man? Yeah, you were up right until like one in the morning. All right, hit yeah. that cowbell before we kick you off, my man. That, that, that's one crack. All right, well, we appreciate your time. Now, Michael Vincent, what's your takeaway from all this? Wow, the collaboration and the advancement in the industry and the positive nature that is going on right now is really tremendous. Uh, it's, it's people getting back together, but a lot of these people have been to several different events, so it's carrying over moving forward. It's not just 
their first time getting out. It is true optimism in the, in the industry. Well, my takeaway is that we need some shirts and hats. That's my takeaway. Go check out backthetruckup.com. If you like the show, it's What the Truck. We are on live three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, noon Eastern time, tv.freightwaves.com, or download that Freightways TV app. You can watch us in HD. You can watch all of our stuff on demand, or if you like podcasts, you got ADD like me, you can't sit still. Look up What the Truck wherever you get your podcasts. Find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger if you see us walking around out there and tell them how to be, Michael Vincent. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere. Let's go!